You are listening to Pandora's Box Radio with Kalia LaRoche. For more information about my products and services, counseling, coaching, hypnotherapy, books, and audios, please visit NarcissismFree.com or PathBackToSelf.com. Hello and welcome to Pandora's Box. This is Kalia. And today, the topic of our podcast is boundaries, borders, and walls. One thing most codependents struggle with is having good boundaries. Most of us grow up in environments where there were not healthy boundaries, and so we never learned how to set them. We may have been put in positions where we were made to take responsibility for things that were not ours, such as our father's abusive behavior or our mother's depression. We may have been the scapegoat where the burden of responsibility fell on us. We may have felt it was our job to sense out our environment and then run for cover when it looked like it was going to be hostile. Or we may have fallen into the role of caretaker or people pleaser in order to try and keep the peace or make a parent happy. In fact, we may have felt it was our role to make a parent happy. And if that parent was not happy, we somehow failed at our role. As young developing codependents, we didn't learn that it was okay to say no, that it was not our job to make others happy. It wasn't our fault if someone else wasn't happy. We weren't responsible for the feelings of other people. Just because we were blamed for something didn't mean we were to blame. We didn't learn that it was okay to express our feelings including our anger. Some of us even learned that it wasn't okay to be happy or joyful. Many of us grew up with really mixed messages, and this is what set us up for our adult relationships. We migrated towards partners where we would continue our same codependent, people-pleasing behaviors in which we didn't have good boundaries. Boundaries allow us to have relationships that are healthy. When we have a lack of healthy boundaries, we can't possibly have a healthy relationship. Sometimes it can be difficult to even know what a healthy boundary is and how to set it. So today, I want to take a deep dive into boundaries. I call this episode Boundaries, Borders, and Walls because I want to establish the difference. Let me start by talking about what a boundary is. If you have a property with a fence around it, the fence usually marks the property boundary. So this means if a person crosses that boundary line, they are on your property. If you don't want someone on your property, you might put up a no trespassing sign and let trespassers know there are consequences for crossing that line. A personal boundary is similar in that it is a line that we draw around how close we allow someone to come into our personal space, which is a physical boundary. 
Physical boundaries are also our protection against physical abuse, pushing, shoving, hitting, or getting up in one's face. Personal space boundaries are pretty simple. They have to do with how comfortable we feel with the physical distance between ourselves and another person. This will not be the same with each individual. For example, you will normally allow someone you love more close to you to give them a hug or sit close to them in a conversation. But when a stranger comes in, let's say closer than an arm's length away, you might begin to feel uncomfortable, encroached upon, or invaded. And this feeling lets you know where your boundary is. The natural reaction when someone comes in too close is to take a step back. But if that person continues to step forward, whenever you step back, you may need to say something. Psychic or emotional boundaries are not as simple to understand. These boundaries have to do with the emotional energy that we allow into our inner space. For example, if someone is upset and ranting, you might find yourself getting upset and matching their level of energy. This is an indication that you don't have very strong psychic or emotional boundaries. You're letting someone else's emotional energy penetrate your emotional boundaries. That person may not be directing their energy at you, but you still might find yourself taking it on or absorbing it. This is particularly true of energetically sensitive people who often absorb the emotional energy of others and sometimes quite unconsciously. If someone is upset with you and telling you how upset they are with you, you may also allow that person's energy to come into your emotional space. For energetically sensitive people, I feel this is one of the most difficult situations that we find ourselves in. It's more difficult to recognize that we are allowing someone else's emotions to penetrate our own emotional boundary. This is where we might typically be triggered or find ourselves matching their level of emotional upset. Learning how to draw strong psychic boundaries is very difficult for sensitive people. We can't easily say, this person is upset and this is about them and not about me. Even if they're blaming me, it doesn't mean it's about me. Instead of staying cool, calm, and collected while the other person is dumping his or her emotions onto you, the tendency is to engage on an equal level. You get triggered. You might subconsciously be reminded of how when a parent blamed you for something that wasn't your fault, you had to defend yourself or be punished. Even when you did defend yourself, you were often punished anyway. And so when someone blames you for something, you may engage in an argument in order to try and avoid punishment. As a child, you automatically absorbed a parent's feelings towards you. You may have felt shame or guilt, and these feelings may be your go-to feelings today when you feel blamed by someone. As an adult working towards health, you need to learn that another person's feelings belong to them, and you don't have to take them on or absorb them. 
You need to draw an energetic boundary in which you imagine those feelings being projected at you or bouncing off and away from you. If that person's feelings escalate, you may need to remove yourself from the room. And this is your right. This is a boundary. It isn't that we don't say or do things that result in another person being upset, but another person's emotional reaction is their responsibility, not yours. The best way to resolve issues is to talk them out in a calm manner. If there is yelling, arguing, or fighting going on, it will be very difficult to resolve anything. It's important to recognize this. We don't get anywhere with blaming and shaming others. Yes, we all do it quite unconsciously at times as a defense against our core shame and self-blame. As we become more conscious and start to learn more about boundaries, we learn that we all have the right to feel safe. If we don't feel safe, we have the right to remove ourselves from the environment. As a young child, you may not have had the choice to leave the room when a parent is coming unglued and being abusive with you. But as an adult, you do have the choice. You don't have to remain in an environment that is hostile, abusive, attacking, undermining, blaming, or assaulting in any way. You have a right to be treated with respect. A healthy boundary in a time where you are feeling blamed or assaulted in some way is to say, I can see that you're upset and I want to talk to you about this, but only when you can talk to me in a calm, respectful manner, then you leave the room. However, it isn't always easy to say this or to follow through with leaving the room especially if your programming is to stay and engage. Your tendency might be to defend yourself or try and prove yourself to the other person. You may feel triggered and lash back. Learning to draw those energetic boundaries can be very challenging. You have to relearn how to deal with situations like this. One thing I had to learn to do as I stepped more into the public eye is to not take people so personally. The more I put myself out there, the more others felt it was their right to send me personally attacking emails or post attacks to my pages. When I first experienced this, I was pretty upset by it, but I finally learned that when people lash out at me, it says a lot more about them than it does about me. I came to realize this wasn't personal. Something I said triggered them and they reacted by lashing out at me. I learned to simply delete the post and not give it any further attention. In my personal life, it's a bit more challenging. I have to work much harder at setting those boundaries. Mostly those boundaries involve my recognizing that I don't have to allow someone to speak to me disrespectfully. I can say no to this and walk away. Often when I do draw a boundary, I'm accused of not wanting to communicate or avoiding the issue. I know myself well enough to know I'm very open to communication as long as it is responsible and respectful. 
I'm not open to what I call irresponsible communication, where someone else needs to use me as their emotional dumping ground or their scapegoat. I've come to recognize when this is happening, and I might try and bring it to the attention of the person wanting to blame me, but sometimes this is futile. The only thing I can do at this point is leave the conversation because it really isn't a conversation. We need to keep in mind that people who blame you or scapegoat you tend to avoid responsibility for their own feelings and believe that because they feel the way that they do, it must be your fault. We need to be very careful about accepting the blame for something that has nothing to do with us, like someone else's feelings. I'm not saying that our actions or behavior might not upset a person because we all trigger each other. We're simply responsible for our own triggers. If we find out our spouse had an affair, we're likely going to be very triggered by this information and rightfully so. We do have a right to feel the way that we feel, but we don't have a right to hit that person over the head with a frying pan or throw something at them or pull a gun on them. In cases where we act out in hostile ways, we've lost our ability to have self-control and prisons are filled with people like this. The courts don't care why you pulled a gun and fired it on someone. The courts only care that you pulled a gun and fired it. Your why is lost on them. It's your responsibility to decide how you're going to handle your own feelings. If you are angry and in a rage as a result of someone else's behavior, you need to find healthy ways to deal with your anger. Now you have a right to feel what you feel. If you feel angry, you have a right to feel angry but you don't have a right to be abusive. You may decide the best way to deal with your anger at a spouse for having an affair is to leave the relationship and start over. This is also your right. One thing we often deal with when in relationship with a narcissistic partner is a huge amount of projection. We're often accused of doing things we didn't do or intending harm where no harm was intended. We're accused of causing the narcissist to feel the way he does and are frequently blamed for how the narcissistic person thinks or feels. I wanna tell you right now, you are not responsible for anyone else's feelings. You have no control over other people's thoughts or feelings. A person's feelings get out of control because of their own thoughts, not because of your actions or behavior. Say you were 15 minutes late getting home and your partner tells you that you don't care about him, that you always do this, that you're inconsiderate, etc. In your mind, you may be trying to wrap your head around how your partner can conclude that you don't care about him because you got stuck in traffic or were held up at the office. It's our thoughts that create the stories that create the feelings we have. So when you are late getting home, your partner creates a story in his own mind about what that means and then makes accusations towards you based on his story. 
If you do apologize for being late, it's not likely going to just go away. Your partner, if narcissistic, isn't going to just accept the apology because he already got himself all worked up about what your tardiness means and he's not easily going to let this go. This is where boundaries come in. You have to realize that such behavior has nothing to do with you and everything to do with your partner's irrational thinking. So you need to be able to speak up and say, please stop. You have the right to leave the room, to turn around and walk back out the door, get in your car and drive away. You don't have to subject yourself to the attacks that come from someone else's irrational thoughts. You certainly don't want to make these thoughts and feelings about you. Emotional boundaries are very similar to psychic boundaries in that we don't want to allow someone else's emotional state to invade our own. We need to learn to recognize emotionally abusive behavior and stop allowing it in. If someone is being controlling, manipulative, blaming, shaming, accusational, or verbally abusive, you have the right to say stop. If that person doesn't stop, you need to get to safety. Now this is drawing a boundary, getting yourself to safety, saying this behavior doesn't work for me, it's not okay, I need to get away from it. Such behavior is a violation of your safety and you have every right to protect yourself. A boundary is a line in the sand. It's saying, please don't come any closer or please don't go any further or please don't talk to me like that. Or please don't accuse me of that. You may recognize where your boundary is when you start to become very uncomfortable or feel threatened. You may recognize a boundary when you don't feel safe. When you need that person to stop yelling at you, blaming you, accusing you, or mistreating you, it's your responsibility to speak up or to get to safety. Most narcissistic individuals don't respect boundaries. So if you tell them to stop, they're not likely going to listen to you or respect your request. They may even amp up their abusive behavior. In a case like this, you need to be willing to walk away, drive away, or do whatever is necessary for you to get to safety. Receiving abusive text messages or emails is also a boundary violation. In cases like this, you need to either not respond to it or let them know you will not read their messages any further or you will block their number if they continue to send you abusive messages. Now, this is hardcore boundary setting. You may have a boundary about people just dropping by your house. This is a simpler thing. You may ask them to call first. Sometimes we draw boundaries to protect our comfort zones and privacy. So we don't have a one size fits all. People have different boundaries according to who they are and what their needs are. Now I use the word borders. Borders are pretty much the same as boundaries. It's just another word that people use to describe boundaries. They're simply lines we draw for our own safety, comfort, and protection.
and to prevent ourselves from being invaded energetically by other people. Now, walls are a type of boundary one erects when they absolutely don't want that person coming in. I have a saying posted on my refrigerator that says, people are lonely because they build walls instead of bridges. So we often might build a wall with someone when we really need to set a healthy boundary. When we, set a, when we build a wall, we are blocking that person from being in our lives in any way. We're blocking off that communication. We're not engaging in that relationship. Where boundaries are really necessary in order to have healthy relationships, walls simply keep people out. It is typical to erect walls to keep an abuser out of your life or keep someone out who has repeatedly violated your trust and your boundaries. Walls involve a lack of communication, such as a no-contact policy. We go no contact with certain violators of our trust and boundaries, like narcissists. When we erect a wall, we're in a sense saying, I have no interest in allowing you in in any capacity. I'm not going to talk to you or have anything to do with you. And it's not that you haven't tried, so walls are often a last resort. The difference between boundaries and walls is that boundaries allow for healthy, respectful communication. With boundaries, you set the parameters for the relationship. You let that person know what is okay and what is not okay. And remember, boundaries are different with every person. So we need to know where the boundaries are with our friends and lovers and husbands and wives. We tend to set boundaries all the time without even realizing it. For example, you may be talking to a friend to tell her that you would love to have her over, just give a call first. This is setting the boundary. I like people to call before they come over. I like to be prepared. I like to make sure my house is straightened up or be in a good space to receive a visitor. Boundaries are not only for people who don't have boundaries and tend to cross yours, we need to establish healthy boundaries in the majority of our relationships. This allows us to get closer to each other with the full knowledge of where the parameters are. It is your way of saying, this is okay, this works for me, or this is not okay with me, this doesn't work for me. If you're in a romantic relationship, a marriage, a business partnership, a roommate situation, or any situation which requires mutual understanding and respect, we need to learn about where the boundaries are in that situation. A woman may begin a dating relationship with a man and need to establish her sexual boundaries early on. An employer will need to let the employee know what the expectations are around being on time to work or the length of a lunch break. A roommate may need to establish some quiet hours or boundaries around visitors, house cleaning, dishes, and so on. A couple will need to establish boundaries around their involvement with the opposite sex. What is okay and what is not okay? 
They may need to establish boundaries around communication and when it's appropriate or needed. Some of these boundaries may be established as agreements. When you make agreements with someone, you're establishing where the boundary is because you know if that agreement is to be broken, in a sense, that's crossing a boundary. That's a violation of what feels good to you. For example, you may have a friend who's always at least 15 minutes late when you agree to meet for lunch. You may begin to feel disrespected by her constant tardiness and need to set a boundary. You may need to say, I notice that you tend to show up at least 15 minutes late for our lunches and I'm sitting here waiting for you and this makes me feel like you don't value my time. I'd appreciate it that you show up when we agree to meet and if you can't make that time, please at least let me know. Now, if your friend values her friendship with you, she will respect your request. If she doesn't value the friendship or is defensive, she might tell you that she, she does value the friendship, so you're wrong in feeling the way that you do. <laughs> Remember, nobody is ever wrong for feeling the way that they do. Our feelings are our feelings, and they're also our guides. Sometimes we need to communicate those feelings, and sometimes not. As I said before, we are responsible for our own feelings. So in a case like this, the woman left waiting every time she made a lunch date with her friend didn't feel good about it. So she communicated that she needed her friend to show up on time. Now this is a, an agreement that she's making with her friend that will help her to feel less resentful about the tardiness. Another common scenario is when a friend calls to complain about her life or her boyfriend on a regular basis. And sometimes you really don't mind being a listening ear, but sometimes you just don't feel that you can be that person. And in a case like this, you may need to say to the friend, listen, I don't have time to talk to you right now. How about I call you back when I have more time? Or if you're tired of listening to your friend complain, you might need to say, I really can't listen to you talk about what your boyfriend is doing anymore because I make a lot of suggestions. You don't, you don't seem interested in following through with any of them. Often, when we begin to set healthy boundaries for ourselves, we might notice that some of our friendships or relationships fall apart or fall away. The friend who is asked to show up on time for lunch might feel shamed that her friend mentioned her tardiness and was no longer buying her excuses. So she simply stops inviting her to lunch. The friend who does like to complain about her boyfriend finds another friend to call who will listen to her same stories and drop her relationship with the friend who drew the boundary. People who begin to establish healthy boundaries may be accused of being too sensitive or too demanding because they express what it is they need from that relationship in order to feel good. Relationships are normally built on meeting needs and if we are not in tune with our own needs, we might allow ourselves to be used, to be abused, to be mistreated, disrespected, and so on. 
We don't often know what the needs of our friends or partners are until we come up against them. The friend who needs to complain about her boyfriend but who is not taking effective action in changing the situation or getting out may just need to complain and have someone listen. The woman who is always late may need her friends to buy her excuses every time. So when a friend, family member, business associate, or significant other pulls away after you set a boundary, you need to accept that this relationship is not necessarily built on mutual caring and respect. Boundaries are not always personal. Sometimes it's just what the other person needs to feel safe or to feel prepared or whatever it is that she needs. Sometimes when you continue to cross a line with someone and they finally tell you that you're crossing a line, it may feel very personal, but you are being given the information you need to have if you're to continue to hold on to this friendship. So setting a boundary allows you to do a course correction and hold on to that friendship where somebody that just disappears without saying anything is building a wall. There are people who don't have boundaries and they don't respect boundaries. They are the true testers of our boundaries because if we don't set them, they will do crazy things like show up at your home unannounced at midnight or call you at work five times a day. Or if you're in a relationship, a partner may not communicate that he is leaving or when he'll be back. Sometimes setting a boundary is necessary to show these people without boundaries what is acceptable and what is not. They may never have learned. Hard to believe. I know. I was living with a boyfriend many years ago who would just leave without telling me, and I would discover him gone, and I had no idea where he went or when he would return. Some people might be okay with that, but it made me feel very uneasy. So I realized I needed to communicate with him, and I told him that I was very uncomfortable with him just leaving and not communicating with me. Now, his response, the thought never crossed his mind. He never thought to have that communication with me. Once I asked him for it, he never left again without telling me, that he was leaving to here or there and would see me this afternoon or evening or whatever. And this little thing meant a lot to me. I felt much safer. If you are dealing with someone who has no respect for boundaries and fights with you or ignores you when you try and set them, this isn't someone that you can have a healthy relationship with. So your job is to communicate with yourself first and inform yourself that this relationship has no potential. A relationship only has potential when both parties can set and respect each other's boundaries. Where some people will stop setting boundaries because it causes the other person to be aggressive, we need to actually do the opposite and set stronger boundaries. We may say something like, that aggressive behavior is not okay with me, and if you don't stop right now, I'm going to leave. The second part of setting boundaries is 
follow through. So, so this is really important. We can't set our boundaries and then not enforce them. This would be like having a no trespassing sign that is in shambles because so many people have walked right over it. Enforcing the boundary might look like your friend who is always late to lunch. I waited for five minutes, but when you didn't come, I decided to leave. Or you might tell that friend that you told her last time how you felt about her being late to lunch. And if this happens again, you will leave. Enforcing a boundary might be leaving an abusive partner who is abusive yet again after you said, never again will I tolerate this behavior. That is so important because you can set a boundary and say this behavior is not okay, but if that person continues to repeat that behavior and you don't do anything about it, you don't enforce that boundary, you're giving that person the message that the behavior is okay because you are willing to accept it. If we don't set and enforce our boundaries, we erode our relationship with ourselves. We are disrespecting ourselves. So boundaries are necessary to have a strong sense of self-worth and also to have strong and empowering relationships with others. If you need help setting healthy boundaries, please contact me for a counseling or coaching session. I'd be happy to work with you on becoming your most empowered self. I hope you enjoyed our podcast today. Have a really awesome day and we'll see you in the next podcast.